Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new week of the Houston Sports Weekly Podcast here on KPRC 2 Plus. Click to Houston.com. We bring you the latest in Houston sports news each and every week. Pleasure to be with you once again uh, today. If you're listening or perhaps uh, you've got it uh, pulled up on your phone and your desktop, uh, your any kind of device really, to check it out. We appreciate you doing that. I'm Randy McAvoy, KPRC2 Sports Director. Uh, fun podcast uh, today uh, that we're going to bring you. It's kind of a two-parter. A little bit later, we're going to hear from KPRC2 Sports' Ari Alexander. Uh, he's got some Astros uh, chatter for you, including uh, the latest from GM Dana Brown, who spoke on Thursday at Minute Maid Park at uh, the club's annual pre-camp uh, media luncheon to unveil all the new cool stuff they're going to have at the uh, Minute Maid Park this season. And also he spoke with the media uh, after the luncheon as well about what he's been up to since taking over the job. He talked about long-term deals, trying to get the stars locked up and getting owner Jim Crane's support, which he feels like he has, and uh, as they move forward to keep the winning tradition going. That's coming up uh, here on the second segment of this podcast. This first segment, though, is more about uh, football and D'Amico Ryan's uh, earlier this week, I had the chance to uh, spend some time with former uh, Houston Texans head coach, uh, Houston native, St. Pius High School, Texas A&M, uh, Aggie quarterback, Gary Kubiak. You know Kubes well. We all love Kubes. Uh, coach here, head coach from 2006 through 2013. When he came home, led this organization to the playoffs, playoff win. Uh, unfortunately, 2013... Things didn't go as planned, uh, and the Texans as an organization made a move. But he went on to go to Denver to win a a Super Bowl two years later and uh, took another break and then finished up a couple of years ago with the Minnesota Vikings as their offensive coordinator. Really cool stuff with Gary Kubiak. Uh, It wasn't a typical Zoom or anything like that. He invited me out to his farm, and uh, we went to his farm and uh, in Plantersville, hung out for a while, uh, he even brought us breakfast. It was really cool. Uh, but we had a good uh, good talk, not only about his career, but also about D'Amico Ryans, the new Texans head coach. Of course, he was first year on the job. He drafted D'Amico Ryans. He and the guys at the NRG, uh, they went with D'Amico Ryans, then a linebacker out of Alabama. It came here, played through 2011, uh, then finished up in Philadelphia, and then began his coaching career, rising the ranks quickly, and then, of course, landing the job not long ago uh, with the Houston Texans. But I, I went there specifically to talk about how Gary's doing in retirement life. So we're going to have a little bit of that conversation and also – a lot more from Gary on D'Amico Ryan's as well. So right now we're going to listen into that conversation. And again, coming up, segment two, we'll have some Astros chatter as well from Ari Alexander. But right now, we're going to listen inside. Part of my conversation with former Texans head coach, Houston's own Gary Kubiak. Listen in. 
Do you miss the grind part of what you went through and all the success you had? Do you miss that sometimes? Yeah, yeah, Randy, I do. You know, uh, it's uh, when you've been so competitive, you know, your whole life and and each week uh, for half of a year, you know, either won, won a game or you got beat and you had to come back the next week. So yeah. that, that gets in you. You know, I, I missed uh, being around the coaches. I miss being around players, yeah. uh, having an effect on players' lives, you know, watching a – watching a young kid come into the league that I'm sitting there going, man, this guy's going to be special. And, mm -hmm. you know, helping him in his growth and becoming a man, becoming a player, I, I miss that. You know, mm -hmm. now I get a lot of gratification from old players coming up and say, Coach, how you doing? And see how well they're doing and, yeah. you know, becoming great men and great great fathers, great husbands, you know. But, uh, yeah, once it's in you, it never leaves. But this place helps me leave it uh, <laughs> a little bit each day. How do you, people love to know kind of how you spend your days out here. You got a big piece of land. You stay busy. You've got uh, cattle out here. I mean, you, yeah. you got a routine you go through, don't now, you? Now, first off, don't, don't ever think I'm a farmer now. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a city boy from the Heights, you know, so, the, so that hasn't changed. But, you know, I'm kind of, uh, kind of learning new things, you know. Yeah. I, I, I took an interest in, uh, you know, raising cattle and stuff. I have a brother-in-law who's kind of taught me how to do it. We, we kind of mess around together. So it's kind of my team out there. So yep. when you leave today, I'll go out there and feed my team. And uh, there you go. good thing they don't talk back, so it's awesome, you know. But uh, you, you can know, talk I, to them, though. Yeah, yeah. there you go. But it's uh, <laughs> it keeps me busy, you know, yeah. responsibilities each day. But uh, but yeah, Ron and I are freed up to travel a lot more than we have, and uh, you know, be a bigger part of our kids' yeah. lives, and yeah. you know, watch them as they go about their work. And you got uh, three sons all in in the game right now, following dad's footsteps. Uh, how exciting yeah. has that been? What advice do you give them? <laughs> well, I tell you what, you know, it's uh, it's crazy because it's uh, it's a great business, but it's a hard business. Yeah. And uh, you know, as they're out there trying to make their way, obviously they have decisions to make and things to do. So I'm always there for them. But you got to let them go too. You got to let them let them do their deal and uh, mm -hmm. have their ups and downs along the way, just like their dad did. So uh, mm -hmm. uh, try to support them. Try to explain to them uh, the importance of. You know, being around good people and good, hardworking people and putting in the effort to be, you know, if anything you're going to do in life, you're going to have to work hard. Right. And uh, coaches get a lot of credit for how many hours they work in that. But I know you work a lot of hours yourself. So that's just part of life, you know. And uh, when you have a passion, get after it. Give it everything you right. have. It's never going to be easy. And when it's not good, keep pushing. And when it is good, be humble and enjoy it. So uh, just keep working at it. And when you look back uh, at all your stops, you had the Super Bowl in Denver uh, I know you got a lot of fond memories yeah. of probably every stop you're at. Well, the majority of my career was in Denver, playing and coaching. You know, yeah. I think between those two, I was there 24, 25 years. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure. You know, that doesn't happen nowadays, really, in, in, in the business. It just So I was very fortunate uh, to raise my family kind of in one place. But, mm -hmm. you know, really the highlight for me was mm -hmm. coming back here, just having a chance. I mean, I knew what I was coming back to. I knew um, it was a startup organization. It was going to have to learn how to win and had a lot of work to do if we were going to win and and that old saying you, you got to do everything right and it's still hard but uh, mm -hmm. we have to do everything right and you know uh the day we beat cincinnati in that playoff game and to to see that place you know i don't think i ever forget that day and i've had some great moments in in pro football but that moment will always stick out but just as a as having a chance to come back here as a man and I was a kid that grew up in this town, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, with Pastorini and the guys playing and, and rooting for them. So that was pretty yeah. cool. But amazing how time flies. That was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> how, how difficult was it? I mean, you took the job, hometown. With that, is it added pressure because yeah. it is your hometown when you look back at that? 
Well, it is tough. I don't know if it's added pressure. I think there's pressure. If you get any one of those jobs, there's right. going to be pressure. You know, I think the fact that you're in your hometown and, you know, a lot of people tugging on you, from, which is a good thing. I mean, they're friends and family and people that care about your livelihood and what you're doing, you know. Mm -hmm. So that, that made things different. But uh, I give Rhonda the credit there. She kept that all under control while I went to, yeah. drove up to Kirby every day and went to work and tried to make it right. So, uh, you know, I look back on it now. Uh, was it tough? Yeah, but was it special? You bet. There you go. I want to ask you about D'Amico. Obviously, that's the big news right now. The, um, how happy were you to see uh, one of your former players here in Houston coming back home? He said it was a dream job. Yeah. Uh, and you, I know he's been having success there in San Francisco. What would that mean to you to see him up on that stage? Yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting year. And, it, and D'Amico and I had lunch somewhere off of West Timer. I don't want to advertise. I can't remember. Uh, about two days before we went to training camp this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went and sat for about an hour and had lunch and just talked, talked about his career. And, you know, he asked me, Coop, when, when do you know it's time to take one of these jobs? Or when do you know, you know, it's right, you know? And so we had a great conversation and I'll be darned, it ends up happening for him this year. So I just, yeah. I have such respect for him as a person. Uh, I think a lot of us guys tried to get him into coaching. He was a little uh, apprehensive at first, but <laughs> I think once he got in, he, his talent's just tremendous. Uh, his ability to relate to people, but yet his respect factor that he gets from people as he's doing his job. God, I'm just so happy for the town. You know, it's going to be exciting to watch. Mm -hmm. We all know he's going to work his tail off. It won't be easy. It never is. But uh, people are going to want to come in here and help him and work hard for him. And it'll be exciting. Uh, looking forward to opening the day. Are you shocked at the success he's had in a relatively short period of time coaching? You know, I'm really not because, I mean, that's, that's the way he was with us. I mm -hmm. mean, we... He comes to us. We're not a very good team at the time. I mean, we, th we throw him right in middle linebacker from day one. He ran our team. You know, I think that year, open year, we won six games. We beat the Colts, who were the world champs that year. Right. So we had some good things going on. And really, he was the one that started it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you go back and look at that. So he's always been successful. He's always been a class act. Uh, and, you know, when, I, when he got involved with San Francisco, I kept up with him a great deal because of Johnny Holland, because of Kyle. And all you heard every day was holy smokes, you know. And then, and then Clay, my middle son, when he went to the 49ers two years ago, actually worked with D'Amico every day. He was D'Amico's quality control guy. So it was like conversation every two days. Dad, mm -hmm. you ought to see D'Amico run a room. Man, you ought to see him with these guys. He's amazing. You know, you know so I heard it every day. So it does not surprise me. And yeah. you knew the minute he got in front of the right people interviewing, mm -hmm. it's just a matter of time. What advice, if, if you're asked, do you would you give him for a guy like D'Amico who's played the game, who's coached now for a few years, been a coordinator, he's getting his first chance yeah. now as a head coach uh, because now there's so many things yeah. to, to manage. Uh, what advice do you give? Yeah, him that's that's a tough thing. You know, I've been asked that a couple of times this week. Uh, you know, I, I told somebody the other day. I, I told him D'Amico, it'll get done. You know, you just you just keep working. Remember, I said that things will get done. You're going to feel overwhelmed at times. You got to have patience because when you lose your patience and you think mm -hmm. you have to do something too soon or make it happen too soon, you make mistakes. Uh, so, but that's the way he's built. You know, that's the type of person he is. So it's the way yeah. he's lived his life. So D'Amico's not going to change. I mean, he's going to have that big smile every day, but yet he has a, an amazing way of pushing people and players and motivating players. Uh, don't lose sight of that. D'Amico mm -hmm. knows how to get after the guys and, and what needs to, to be done for them to be successful. So. Hey, let's all support him. I'm sure Cal and 
Nick will support him with really good people around him. That's extremely important, but we all know he's going to do his part. All right, great chat with Gary Kubiak. That was just a portion of our conversation that we had there at his uh, farmhouse there in Plantersville, talking all things about his life in retirement now and uh, all, all things about new head coach D'Amico Ryans. Appreciate the time with Gary Kubiak. Much more on that conversation on Sports Sunday coming up this weekend and in the weeks ahead as well. So special thanks to former Texans head coach Gary Kubiak for that great insight. All right, we're going to take a break here on Houston Sports Weekly. As promised, when we come back, I'm going to hand the microphone over to KPRTC2 sports reporter Ari Alexander. Ari with more. He was out at Minute Maid Park with me on Thursday at the Astros luncheon, and we all were in on the interview with the new GM, Dana Brown. So Ari will talk some Astros and have some conversation with the GM Dana Brown as well when Houston Sports Weekly continues we'll be right back welcome back to Houston Sports Weekly I'm Ari Alexander and in this segment of the show we're going to be talking about the Houston Astros who are getting ready to head to spring training next week they've got a new general manager Dana Brown who we had some time to talk with at the Astros media luncheon and I really liked how Brown was open and forthright about what's going on with the Astros things like contract extensions arbitration uh, and topics like that he comes from the Braves that did a lot of these long-term contract extensions with a number of guys like Ronald Acuna Ozzie Albee Spencer Strider Michael Harris the uh, second they uh, did one with Matt Olson after they traded for him and so it's a, a different philosophy that he's going to be bringing to the Astros. We're going to hear from Dana Brown on a number of different topics in a bit, including uh, I asked him about Christian Javier and Kyle Tucker. Those guys are the two guys left in arbitration. Tucker's arbitration case has already happened, but is yet to be ruled, and Christian Javier's arbitration uh, will be heard on Friday. Javier filed for $3.5 million. The Astros filed for three. Tucker filed for $7.5 million. The Astros filed for five. The player either wins or the team wins or they can settle at the last second or they can settle for an extension. Uh, and uh, Dana Brown said that there are extension discussions. I thought it was interesting. He mentioned the agents for both Kyle Tucker and Christian Javier by name. These are people that he's going to be working with. And it feels like he's peeling back the curtain a little bit. Cause that's something if you're the casual fan, you know, like some of us that, work in the industry that cover these guys like I can make that connection of okay Kyle Tucker Excel Sports Management Casey Close runs Excel but Jason Romano is his day-to-day guy right as a fan you don't need to know that but I thought it was cool that Dana Brown was mentioning these guys by name of you know these this is the agent we're talking to mentioning by name meaning I have a personal relationship with this guy is kind of what he was trying to signify and uh, really working toward goodwill for both the players uh, and the club so we're going to hear from Dana Brown some of what he had to say in a little bit but first let's talk about the world baseball classic I mean the Astros have a gigantic amount of players in the World Baseball Classic. I'm going to pull up the list here uh, that the Astros sent out. And so especially, this we're talking about coaches and players. They have 19 players and staff in the World Baseball Classic. A lot of these guys, look at this, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. 7 of the 19 are with the Dominican Republic team. As KPRC2 first reported, Jeremy Pena committed to 
play for the DR in the WBC. Now that the rosters are officially out, you see that Jeremy Pena is on the roster. He is the one Astros position player on the Dominican team, but they have a number of pitchers. When I spoke with Nelson Cruz at the winter meetings in December, he joked that we're going to throw out Sandy Alcantara, the 2022 NL Cy Young winner from the Marlins, and then we're going to let the Astros take care of it. So Framber Valdez pulled out of the World Baseball Classic, but Christian Javier, Rafael Montero, Hector Neris, all those guys, Brian Abreu, and uh, Ronel Blanco, who is the Astros' AAA closer and pitched a little bit for the Astros last year uh, as a reliever. He's also in that designated player pool, which is a very convoluted uh, explanation. But basically, if a guy pulls out, you can pull a guy from your player pool and then he can continue. So he's on the team, um, but will be kind of using a backup role. Martin Maldonado. He'll be on Team Puerto Rico. Astros hitting coach Alex Cintron will be helping Team Puerto Rico. Derek West will be with the uh, Team Netherlands. And then the Venezuelan team has a heavy Astros presence as well. Jose Altuve, Luis Garcia. The manager is Astros uh, base coach Omar Lopez. And uh, their bullpen catcher, Javier Bracamonte. Jose Arquiti will be pitching for Team Mexico. Team USA has Ryan Presley and Kyle Tucker. Colton Gordon in the minor league system will be pitching for Team Israel. And we also want to give a shout-out to Josh Wolf, a local high school product here in Houston in the Cleveland Guardian system. He's pitching for Team Israel. And then Michael Collins will be part of uh, – a staffer will be part of Team Australia. So very excited for the World Baseball Classic. You got a lot, a lot of Astros on there, and uh, all eyes will be on specifically some of these bullpen guys for the Dominican team and Christian Javier, and of course, starting Dominican shortstop, the World Series MVP, the ALCS MVP, and of course, friend of the program here at KPRC, Jeremy Pena. But now let's get back to the GM, Dana Brown, and what he had to say at the Astros Media Luncheon. Well, I'm the mega contracts. I'm not that big on. I'm like Jim in that respect. I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, I don't. The mega contracts. I believe in the mega contracts. If you can get a player probably in his early 20s and you can get a mega contract and get him through, get him through 32 or 33. I'm not really a big proponent of the mega contracts. Once the guy reaches, you know, 25, 26, you know, 27, I think it gets a little bit more difficult because now you're getting into the back end of his career. The dollars are high. So I'm more of a, a long-term contract like that, you know, more so earlier in his career. Now when he's 25 and it's a five-year deal or six-year deal, you know, those are the ones that I don't like to see walk out of the door. Yeah, I think it's a balance. I think there's some give and take. I think like you know, some agents understand that it's wise to lock up their players, and some agents feel like, hey, I think my guy has a chance of getting a longer deal. So I think that's where the player has to step in and say, hey, I think this is a good opportunity. And as I said before, Houston's a great place to play. The fan base is outstanding. It's the middle of the country. You don't have to fly all over the place from one end to the other. Those are some attractive things for the players. I think Jim is open to long-term deals. I think you have to explain it to him and make him understand, like, look, this, this taking this risk is a good risk. The return of interest on this is, is pretty good. And so I think if you uh, convince Jim in that way, because I understand the long-term deals, a lot of them don't end up well. And I think if you make a compelling argument to tell Jim, like, look, this guy's a good player, the makeup is pretty special. He's infectious personality around the clubhouse. Uh, the manager loves him. 
those kind of things, I think Jim will be on board. I think you just have to uh, slowly convince them and understand that, hey, you're going to get a return of, uh, return of investment okay. on this. So I believe that you have to be patient if things are working fine, right? More aggressive if things are falling out of control. Right now, things are fine. I think in 25 is the year that I'm really focused on where you may lose some of your free, uh, some to free agency, and those are some things that I'm locked in on. For example, we have to get our draft picks right because we're going to be relying on them in 25 and 26. And so those are some of the things that I'm more focused on. However, I have to focus on the major league team because it's a good major league team right now. But if we come up with an injury or if something else like that happens, I have to be able to react and make a move to help us win games. I mean, I know that, look, they're going to come after us. We're a target right now because we won the World Series. At the end of the day, I have to be ready to make adjustments to improve the team. But the focus right now for me is to be on the future as we uh, maintain and sustain this winning yeah, I think Bregman's a core piece. I, I think Altuve's a core piece. I think, I mean, I, I remember scouting Bregman in college. He's a really good player, uh, and he's had an outstanding major league career. I think we should try to lock him up. Uh, we'll, we will be in talks uh, with Boris about that. Um, but at the end of the day, I believe in keeping players like that. I think uh, he's got great energy, great respect. His personality in the clubhouse is infectious. Everything I've heard about him from people who've been around him more is outstanding. And I know he played that way in college, and I remember scouting him when he was in college. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be locked in on him. Yeah, so I believe when uh, much is given, much is required, I'm required to really uh, be and pay attention to details as to what we need to do to win. I mean, winning means everything to me. I, I just want to be a part of a winner. So I will be sensitive to what our needs are, and uh, I would have to shake off the wants, but the needs are probably the most important because those are the things that's going to get you over the hump. The wants could get you in trouble. The needs are very important. That's what I'm locked in on. And right now, there's a pretty good team, and I feel really good about it. So does Dusty. And I know right now, if, if our players come out and continue to play like they've been playing, the team will continue to strive. All right, good to hear from the GM, Dana Brown. Definitely some uh, shifting philosophies, and it uh, looks like I know that he doesn't want to fix what's not broken, but at the same time, he's got his own ideas. Uh, I think he, he's such an interesting guy. He played baseball at Seton Hall on the same team, the lineup here. So you have you know the Astros GM as part of the lineup. John Valentin, longtime uh, former Milwaukee Brewer shortstop, played for the Mets for a little bit. He was uh, batting ninth that they like to joke around about that. And then Mo Vaughn, the former big-time Red Sox Angel Met, he was on that team. And, of course, Craig Biggio, uh, who had some great things to say to Jim Crane about Dana Brown and a big reason that uh, he is now part of uh, of the Houston Astros. So those uh, those Seton Hall guys got to be very proud of, of their guy. Dana Brown said he had 800 text messages uh, congratulating him when he got the GM job. So good to hear from Dana Brown. And then uh, another thing that what's going on with the Astros, the World Baseball Classic with these 19 players and staff, with all these guys gone, it opens up opportunities for a number of different guys to step up and have more at-bats in spring training. So we look at some of these guys. For instance, Jeremy Pena, with him being gone at that shortstop role, you have a chance for 
it depends if they want to keep uh, using Pedro Leon. Uh, he's going to be out with that injury, so that opens up another spot for a guy like David Hensley, who is likely to fill the role of uh, Alemis Diaz is leaving behind. So a guy like Hensley um, would be filling that role potentially and have more time uh, at shortstop. Speaking of, you know, Jose Altuve, second baseman, he's gone. So you have uh, a number of different guys that have a chance to work in at second base. Mauricio Dubon could get plenty of at-bats in spring training. You look at the outfield, Kyle Tucker, he's gone. He's going to be playing for Team USA. Um, you look at the pitching staff and then, of course, catchers. So Martin Maldonado, he's going to be with Team Puerto Rico, and that means that Corey Lee and Jainer Diaz are going to get a lot of at-bats over there at catcher. And then uh, from the bullpen especially, you might be able to um, – identify a few of these guys a guy like Forrest Whitley for instance who's been in the system forever who's been a top prospect uh, for a long time he's going to be able to get innings uh, when you look at that Astros rotation uh, you have some guys missing Jose Arquiti is gone Christian Javier is gone uh, Luis Garcia is gone you're going to need to fill those innings in uh, in spring training so a guy like JP France a guy like Sean Dubin those guys are going to have an opportunity to step up and show what they have for the Astros because when we get to that six-man rotation, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the Astros do have a lot of pitching depth, but very quickly, let's say two injuries uh, happen or even you know short-term injuries. Jose Arquiti uh, has some minor things here and there every once in a while, and then you're, you're obviously pushing a lot of these pitchers further than they've ever gone before in their career past the first six of Fromber, Javier, McCullers, Garcia, Arquiti, Hunter Brown. It's not a whole lot of depth there. It's a lot of guys that have either very limited major league innings or uh, have no major league innings. So that's going to be something uh, that we'll have to take a look at for the Astros. But spring training starting next week. Everyone excited about the baseball season, especially when you are the defending champs like the Astros are. They've got a new PR campaign. Level up was 2022. They leveled up. They won the World Series. And now it is ready the number two rain, ready to rain as the kings of baseball from their World Series championship in 2022. We'll see if they can become the first team to repeat since the 1998, 9, and 2000 New York Yankees. It has been a long, long time since someone has won back-to-back MLB World Series titles. It is very hard to repeat in baseball. It's very hard to repeat in football. Uh, less hard in basketball and hockey to repeat, but uh, baseball has proven that it's been very difficult for a long time. So this has been Houston Sports Weekly. Thanks for watching on Click2Houston.com in the KPRC2 Plus app. And we're ready for baseball season just like you are.